Okay, where was the, uh, Thank where, you. Is, where was the, uh, Good evening, call this meeting to order the Kent Select Board for, imagine that, December 20th, 2022, at 5.32 p.m. And this meeting is being televised by Cable 8 with Mr. Tim O'Connor at the helm, and it will be broadcast uh, throughout the next couple yeah. of weeks. Uh, the first order of business, if I may, before the agenda, unfortunately, I'd like to announce, um, uh, Mrs. Jane Ellen McDonald of Peabody passed away peacefully on Thursday, December 15, 2022. Uh, born in Winthrop, uh, Jane was the wife of Robert McDonald, whom they shared and celebrated 52 years of marriage. Uh, Mrs. McDonald was a graduate of Filton High School in East Boston. She later moved to Salem, where she started her family with Robert Jane. Robert, Jane was skilled in every sewing, skilled in sewing and other forms of arts and crafts. She enjoyed cooking and spending time with her family. She truly made her home a welcome place for all. Um, family and faith are very important to her. In addition to her loving husband, Robert, Janice survived by her children, David J. McDonald of the Canton DPW and his wife, Cindy of Stoughton, Deborah McDonald and her life partner, James Bovio of Peabody and Roberta Butters of Beverly. She's also survived by seven grandchildren. If I may have a moment of silence and memory and honor uh, to keep um, Mrs. McDonald and her family and friends and uh, uh, her associates and your thoughts and prayers. Could have just a moment of silence if you could please. May she rest in peace. Thank you for allowing me to do that. Thank you ladies and gentlemen. Keep uh, the McDonald family, especially this time of year at um, Christmas and Hanukkah and the holidays. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Theodore, first order, first order of business, sir. Is the Excuse me, Norfolk County Commissioner's announcement, Mr. Stady. Mr. Stady, County Commissioner Richard, Richard Stady. Good evening. Thank you. Good evening. And don't come unless you're not bearing, oh, you are bearing gifts. I'm bearing gifts. So you're welcome anytime. Thank you. Mr. Chairman, members of the board, and our new administrator, great to see you this evening. Uh, I'm going to give you a quick report on the opera program very quickly, and I have a, the pleasure of presenting you a check although it's not real, but you know it will be, uh, for uh, the, uh, the application that was granted the other day. The American Rescue Plan has been in effect now for a couple of years. I think most of you are aware of that. Uh, Congress enacted the American Rescue Plan, so-called OPERA, uh, back in 2021 in response to the ongoing pandemic. Norfolk County was allotted $137 million, and very proud to say that to date we've dispersed over $50 million, more than any other county that's in operation in the Commonwealth. Um, the categories that you are awarded uh, and can be granted money in terms of the county opera uh, are water and sewer, broadband, revenue replacement, uh, premium pay for essential workers uh, to address economic health and climate of a city or town and community health. Tonight's award is actually in the category, of course, of water and sewer, since this check will be going towards uh, the town's uh, uh, Jim Moran, the late Jim Moran's uh, water treatment site. I understand that this was appropriated at town meeting, but this is an additional million dollars which will help out. Um, 2024 is the deadline where all applications have to be filed with the county. So, you know, it's the end of the year, it's coming up, time is flying as we know, keep that in mind because Canton, like all the different towns, is allotted a certain amount by the county. Uh, you're eligible uh, to get $4,485,000. To date, we've awarded two grants, one was to $350,000, which seems like yesterday, Mr. Connolly. I can't believe you were there with the commissioners, but that, that was a little while ago. And now this check tonight for $1,100,000. So you have a balance of a little over $3 million left that you can qualify for for American Rescue Plan funds. 
basically, uh, uh, again, the criteria I think we've gone over. We've vetted it. We've had several meetings. I think everyone now is aware of it. And uh, former chief duty, I keep wanting to call you chief. I'm sorry. I apologize for the form. But uh, he's gone through it, you know, with the uh, finance director. So I think we're all on the same page moving forward. And I know there'll be applications coming in. But those are your key dates to remember. 2024, you've got to get your application in. 2026, the money must be expended. All right. So with I'll answer any questions if you have any. Any questions for the County Commissioner Stady? Hearing none. I'd like to present the check if I could. Absolutely. You do anything you want as long as you have the check. <laughs> well, this check, of course, is uh, presented on behalf of the, the County Commissioners, Chairman Joseph Shea of Quincy, Peter Collins of Milton, and, of course, myself, which I'm very proud to say, represent the town of Canton. So it's an honor and privilege to present this to you. I don't know if you want to do a photo or something. But you guys want to come up front? In, uh, yeah. yeah. Behind, behind, no, we've we'll come to you. Okay, thank you. Greg Tanner said it's a different cast. Uh, I don't know if you need all police force to be here. I'm going to bring the cast. That's the way the planning on the zoning board works. We can oh, Thank you very much for your efforts in making this a reality, but I also want to thank um, Mr. Trotta because it's been his leadership that has kept this water project alive for so many years and it's finally going to come to fruition and it's the continuing you know, promise that we're going to you know, keep our water supply safe. So thank you. Thank Mr. Trotta. I've been in the area of water and sewer treatment and that PFAS is an issue that all the towns are going through and they're dealing with it effectively as you're going to be doing in Canton. But, uh, but there's other opportunities too. And, you know, there's uh, lots of money out there. I'm, the line is available. I'm right down the street. So you let me know if I can help you anyway. All right? Thank you. Okay, thank you guys. Take care. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you. Mr. Theodore. Uh, Next on the agenda is the a public hearing app for an application to store more than three vehicles at uh, 60 Coppersmith Way, Canton, Mass., uh, made by Canton Copper Works, LLC, 8 Pleasant Street, Suite A2, Natick, Mass. I'd like to read into the record. Legal notice was uh, published Canton Citizen on December 8th. Notice is hereby given that the select board will hold a public hearing on or after 5.30 p.m. Tuesday, December 20th, in the Sala Meeting Room, Memorial Hall, 801 Washington Street, Canton. This hearing is in connection with the application for a license to store more than three vehicles at 60 Coppersmith Way, Canton, Mass., made by Canton Copper Works, LLC, 8 Pleasant Street, Suite A2, Natick, Mass., 01760. I move that we open the meeting. Second motion. Motion has been made and seconded to open the hearing. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, it's 5-0. 
Thank you. Uh, we're here from the chief of, Poli uh, chief of the fire department. And uh, you want to go first, sir? Sure, sure. Just your name and, yep. name and address for the record. Uh, David Eastridge with Thorndike Development. Uh, we're the builders for Canton Copper Works, LLC. Thank you, so sir. We're here to uh, apply for a license for hazardous material storage. It's similar to what we've done in our previous uh, three buildings, essentially for, to allow for underground parking uh, within a building. Great. Thank you. Uh, Fire Chief, Chief Ro uh, Robery. Wendell Robery, Chief Fire Chief. Uh, I'm in agreement with the uh, issuing of the license. Uh, it's been publicly um, issued. Uh, uh, it's been advertised publicly. Uh, all the abutters have been notified. I've reviewed the plans, and Great. I'm in agreement. So no, no, you have no, no concerns at all? No. Great. Thank you, sir. Any other questions or comments from any members of the board? Okay. Uh, anyone in the audience have any questions, comments, concerns? Hearing none, look for a motion to close the hearing, Mr. Theodore. Move that we close the hearing. Second. Motion made and seconded to close the hearings. Any other concerns, questions? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? 5-0. Mr. Theodore. I move that the board approve the application for a license to store more than three vehicles at 60 Copper Smith Way, uh, Canton, Mass., made by Copper, Canton Copper Works, 8 Pleasant Street, Suite A2, <clears throat> Mass. Second motion been made and seconded for the approval of the request. Hearing any other further Comments, questions, concerns, hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? 5-0. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Have a nice holiday. You as well. Thank you, sir. Mr. Theodore, next order of business, please. Next order of business is the uh, MBTA Communities Plan Update. Mr. Manning. Okay. Mr. Manning and Shay. Uh, Shay is going to be joining me, Mr. Chairman. And Mr. Pando. And Mr. Pando. And Mr. Walsh is here. And Mr. Walsh. Good evening and welcome. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, members of the board. Uh, great to be with you tonight. Um, per, per the board's request, uh, we put together a committee uh, to look at the um, recent Commonwealth of Massachusetts MBTA communities <coughs> law and its impact on Canton. Uh, per the board's request, we had a committee of representing uh, Kevin and myself, uh, Greg, uh, Charlie, uh, Jim Quigley, and I think I get everybody, and Ed Walsh. Um, so the committee met several times under Charlie's leadership. Uh, we looked at the law. Um, we looked at basically its impact on the town. We had appeared before the board uh, before on this, and we put together our PowerPoint uh, for the board's review. So we just wanted to run through that uh, tonight uh, because there is a timeline that the town does need to... Um, does need to, to uh, hit in, in, in order to be in compliance with the program. So just, uh, Mr. Chairman and members of the board, as we spoke about, um, this law is regarding a zoning change, not housing production. So this law was enacted by the Mass Legislature in the Senate and signed by the Governor. It requires MBTA communities, which Canton is one because of our two commuter rail stations, um, to, to be able to have a designated housing area um, and a zoning for multifamily. So this is what our committee and our group looked at, looked like, uh, looked at and in terms of uh, smart policy for around transit, the area had to be within a half mile um, of the two stations. And uh, based upon that, um, our committee is recommending that the town proceed with a uh, filing and with a plan submitted to the state by the deadline, which is January 31st, 
2023. Um, at this time, we did an update of the Canton, current Canton zoning map, and we feel that there is an opportunity that the board may want to consider in future town meetings to possibly amend existing zoning in the future uh, to allow for a multifamily option. We, the committee was pretty uh, uh, unanimous that we need more time and would like the board's uh, input on that as well as other town committees. Uh, our representation here was, uh, we believe the experts in town who have the most knowledge of the current housing stock, the area around the stations, um, and you know we wanted to move forward with that option. So at this point, I'm gonna ask Kevin to jump in. I think Kevin has been uh, terrific and works on the housing trust. Uh, he and I work together closely on this, spend a lot of time prior to the committee meetings, and uh, Kevin's done a lot of research and insight on this new state law, so I wanted Kevin to have an opportunity to address that, and then if we have other committee members here that uh, wanted to speak as well, we can certainly address it. Thanks, Gene. Good evening, Mr. Trey. Thanks. To the board, please. Uh, You all set with this? Yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, tonight we're, we're asking actually authority for two things. One is the board's authorization to submit the action plan to the State uh, Department of Housing and Community Development. What that action plan is, is it's called a uh, temporary or interim compliance, which means the town is still be able to apply for different grants that you couldn't if you're not in compliance. So that's the first thing it does. But the second thing it does also is it shows the state that the uh, town is making efforts to comply with the new zoning, the MBTA zoning. <coughs> so uh, submission of this is due on January 31st to the state. And once we get that in, the zoning goes through the same process that the zoning would normally go through through the, through the town. Uh, public hearing through the planning board, uh, uh, select board, uh, other public hearings, and uh, ultimately town meeting. Uh, and that's not until the town meeting in 2024. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of time. It's nothing we have to rush into. It's something we have to work on. Uh, but I think getting that action plan in shows the state that the town is, is at least working towards this compliance. Um, and it allows us uh, to also apply for grants like MassWorks grants and Housing Choice grants and things that if you're not in compliance at the end of this, uh, you won't be, the town won't be uh, 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 authorized to uh, submit grant applications. So again, we're, tonight we're asking for two, basically two votes. One, authorization to submit the action plan to the state, and secondly, to have the uh, town administrator be the one to actually sign the application to send in by the 31st. Great, thank you, Mr. Shea, Mr. Manning. Uh, Mr. Manning? No, I was just going to say, uh, Mr. Chairman and members of the board, you know, we know there's been a lot of uh, media and publicity around this. Um, there's over 100 uh, communities in eastern Massachusetts with both uh, rapid transit and commuter rail and adjoining communities who have been asked to participate in this. Uh, the one thing we think it's important for the board to consider by moving ahead with at least uh, committing to an action plan is that control is within our municipality. Um, the select board, the zoning board, the planning board, the building department will maintain complete authority over whatever actions the town takes for future housing development. We think that's, uh, and, and our committee was unanimous on this, 
that it's in the, uh, the town's best interest to do that. Uh, there are some towns, from what we hear, that are not going to proceed. There are some towns that are fully engaged and already have multifamily housing up and active, especially in like Quincy, Cambridge, Somerville. Those are more of the, of the high uh, transit density areas. Um, this is a work in progress with Canton, as Kevin said. Uh, we want it to be participatory. We want to have everyone involved. But we think if we can do it right within the timeline um, and under uh, the leadership we have here to really create a good plan with the board's input. Thank you, Mr. Manning. Any questions from members of the board? Ms. Lopez? Um, thank you for the work that the working group has done. Um, and I certainly support uh, filing the action plan by January 31st. Uh, the last time you were before us, you shared the state template for the action plan. Mm -hmm. Will we have an opportunity to see that template sort of with the blanks filled in before January 31st? Yes, we have that. That's, right. that's actually online. We'll have that, uh, have that to you. <clears throat> Terrific. Thank you. Yep. We also, uh, Mr. Chairman, we sent some common questions mm -hmm. on the MBTA community's law for the board to consider. You know, there's been uh, a lot of... A lot of um, information that isn't exactly accurate about it, what the law is, what it isn't, what's the uh, upside to a mun municipality participating, uh, and what the downside is. So, you know, as we mentioned at the beginning, there is some risk for some Canton being excluded for future grants, but because it's so new, there hasn't been action taken, but we think that it's prudent with the change of administration at the state level. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and also with other changes and <clears throat> coming up that we be ahead of the curve and be as proactive as we can. So we, um, I believe everyone on the committee, um, you know, would like to ask for the board support, um, as Kevin said, in moving forward with an action plan under Charlie's um, authority. Gene, if I could add one thing. This, sure. is, this is really about zoning. It's not about producing the housing right now. It's being able to, to create that zoning and go through the regular zoning uh, issues that, that the town would normally do. Public hearing, select board, and ultimately town meeting. Planning board, yeah. So pretty much there's a lot of minimal impact on the yes. town. Yeah. Yes, and uh, it would, any zoning article, Tom, would be reviewed by um, the board, by zoning, planning, et cetera, and so on. And then um, town council, of course, and wouldn't be put before the residents until town meeting of 24. Yeah. And there's a lot of work that can be done in that time. And there's been a lot of changes to this bill. I think we've been before the board several times. Since it was launched in April, there's been three um, uh, addendums that the state has come back with based on feedback municipalities. So there is a chance that there could be more changes uh, that we can craft in that time we have. Yeah, because it, the, the, uh, last week there was a big article in the, in the, the paper, the incoming governor, she's going to tweak it herself. And I think I don't think the, the, the present governor had uh, his, his people thought there'd be this much, much pushback. And there's been a lot of pushback. They have. You know, there's a lot of uh, questions and concerns. And um, we don't want to go gung-ho. I mean, you know, it has nothing to do with uh, 40B, but you know, that's another uh, elephant in the room, in my opinion. Because you know Canton has worked very hard mm -hmm. to be at four, above 40B, right around 12 and a half percent, I believe, and other towns are nowhere near that. So mm -hmm. it, um, it, it's quite concerning that you know let, let's get the house in order before mm -hmm. we start doing things. But I agree that we should show good faith, and then it's up to the local 
the local cities and towns to do what they feel best in the interest of their town or their city. So that's a very important. So by no means, I don't want people to get concerned saying this is a done deal because it's not. And they still have to go see the chairman of the, I mean, remember the former chairman, Mr. McCarthy. If you'd like to say anything, Mr. Pando and Eddie Walsh, the building commissioner, any of you folks would like to say anything, you're more than welcome. But, um, um, oh, and I, oh, wait, I said Mr. McCarthy or Mr. Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> Never met a microphone you didn't like, did you? Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Chairman, thank you. Greg Pando, Chairman of the Board of Appeals. I just wanted to report that at our regular meeting last Thursday, uh, as a matter of business, we discussed this action plan, and uh, we have a unanimous uh, uh, agreement of the members uh, to support the uh, filing of the action plan. That's great. And on a serious note, I'm, I'm glad you're feeling better. Seriously, you look good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mr. McCarthy, you'd like to say anything, sir? No, I have no comments. Okay. Thank you. Mr. Walsh? Okay. Anyone else? Anyone else in the audience would like to say anything? Any other members of the board? Mr. Uh, Lockwood? Real quick, Mr. Chairman. Um, have you heard of any of the towns that are flat out went on to the action plan? But I've been getting calls from select board members from other towns asking what is Canton <clears throat> doing uh, right. because they don't want to uh, go down this path. Um, so I'm just curious if you've heard of other towns that, that are resisting it. Um, I haven't personally. Uh, I know two towns because former colleagues, uh, Newton and Taunton, are actually working on this, putting in action plans. They're still in the same stage. Yeah. Uh, I personally haven't heard any community call us and say we're, we're going to resist the pushback. Okay. Uh, and then, but I do know communities are, are working on it. And then I know that Canton is close to the, the numbers that they're asking us to meet um, already. Are there any towns, like you mentioned Quincy, are there towns that are already at the threshold of, of what the state is requiring? Well, it, it, it's not a matter of being at the threshold. This isn't like to count units or to reduce the units right now. It's about really putting the zoning in place for in the future to possibly build the units. Okay. And there would be a free market building, right? So if Canton had a multifamily housing district, there would be the, the beauty of the town being ahead of this is that a developer would approach the building department, would approach the planning board, the select board, um, everyone involved along the way and, and, and to gain support and gain merit, modify the building, everything from height to the setbacks, to the number of units, to potential, um, the mix of residents. So um, we'll have complete control over that at some point. So, uh, and then just to get back to it, there, there are some municipalities that have um, issued some concerns, but nothing has been formally stated that I'm aware of. And, um, you know, as we get closer to the deadline, I'm sure the state will be very interested to see who files and who doesn't. Yeah. Um, being on some regional calls from the town planner's office, I believe Norwood and Dedham are working on plans. Um, and, and there are some other ones that are still kind of struggling with how they would uh, view it. But this, this uh, vote tonight, if, if the board proceeds, would just allow us to begin the next step of uh, putting together a formal town plan and implementation would be down the road in 24. Okay. Thank you. Any other comments from questions from any members of the board? <coughs> Mr. Uh, Duty, town administrator, do you have any questions or comments, sir? I think they said it all. Great. 
Mr. Theodore? Please. Mr. Theodore? Let the board submit phase one application to the community action for the MBT communities. Can we just combine the motions or? Let's do two separate. I would, would, would that, would, uh, you, you guys, could, you guys tell me. Probably you, be cleaner. If you could, Mr. Theodore, to be cleaner. great. If, you, if we could do two motions, that'd so be terrific. So just look for the authorization for him to sign the application. Please. Yeah. Thank you, sir. So this is the first motion. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion, comments, or concerns? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, 5-0. Mr. Th uh, Theodore. I move that the board authorize the town administrator to sign the uh, application for the community action. Second. Motion has been made and seconded. Any comments, questions, concerns? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, five again. Five zero, thank you again. Thank you, Mr. Shea. Thank you, Mr. Manning. Thank you, thank appreciate you, it. Mr. Thank you. Thank you, and members of the board. Have a good night. Happy, Have a nice holiday. holiday. Happy holidays. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Theodore. Next on the agenda is the uh, introduction of the police department mental health clinician, Chief Rafferty. You're the chief. You tell us. There you go. <laughs> You're the boss. Tell me. <laughs> exactly. Welcome, Deputy. Uh, welcome. welcome. Thank you. Uh, good evening, uh, select board members and town administrator. Um, I'm so thrilled to be sitting here before you to announce that uh, we recently, well, I recently wrote a grant, um, and it took me five months. But, um, this grant is in conjunction with the Department of Mental Health. And it's a, uh, basically it's a co-response and it allows for the police department to hire um, a full-time licensed mental health clinician to go out on calls with us for those in the community that are suffering from mental health crisis. In addition, those that are suffering from substance abuse crisis. So this uh, program will have the um, licensed mental health clinician actually ride with the police officers to these calls. So our hope is that it will reduce the repeat calls and the number of transports that the fire department has for <coughs> section 12s for um, people in the community. And um, I just want to say that our call volume for the number of crisis intervention has more than tripled in the last two years. Yeah. So our numbers definitely in this community support the need for a mental health clinician. Uh, we interviewed a few uh, agencies and we have aligned ourselves with Community Impact of Milford. And here in comes our mental health clinician, Kara McGuire. I'd like to introduce Kara uh, to you. Kara is a master's level mental health clinician with Community Impact. Kara holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Criminal Justice and a Master of Arts degree in Counseling Psychology. During graduate school, Kara interned at a residential treatment facility providing intake assessments, individual group therapy, suicide screenings, and safety planning to members of police, fire, military services, and their families. Prior to transitioning to a full-time career in mental health services, Kara served as a police detective with the Municipal Police Department in Middlesex County, Massachusetts. So she understands the police culture and she understands the, the uh, counseling. So with that, this is Kara McGuire. We're lucky to have her. You're welcome. Hi there. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. You want to, you would like to say anything? I just, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here um, and the warm welcome I've already received to the community in Canton and I look forward to meet, meeting more people as I, as I sort of get um, my roots in the Canton Police Department and in the, in the community. So I appreciate it. Thank you. So our plan is to have Kara work um, with other agencies like the Veterans Agent, um, Department of Elder and Human Services and kind of work as a community because it is a community problem. 
so she's here to, to assist all of us. And is Miss, Miss McGuire correct? Yes. Oh, uh, have you started? I have, oh, sort okay. of informally, but um, officially December 27th. Yeah. Oh, officially. Yeah, her desk will be ready. <laughs> <laughs> Ms. Lopez. Uh, I just want to thank Kira personally. Um, I've had the pleasure of working with her already in connection with um, interviews for a position that the CASA, Canton Alliance Against Substance Abuse, is hiring. And she has already made an immediate impact um, in professionalizing the whole interview process. Uh, so thank you, thank you. Uh, for stepping in and hitting the ground running. Um, but I also want to thank um, Deputy Chief Cheryl because we're a small town and to be making this kind of step, which is really recognized as best practice and leading, um, it's a testament to your efforts to really keep us ahead of the curve in a way that's going to benefit the community. So thanks for all that you have done to make this a reality. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. And I, a lot of people say, oh, it couldn't happen in Canton. Look what happened in Cohasset. Oh. And thank God that, that those two little babies, uh, they're safe. And the gentleman obviously had some type of uh, situation and uh, shows up at a police station with a chainsaw. Uh, it's not a good situation. And they diffuse, and I understand some of our folks were there. Um, and that's great news. And I see Sergeant Good and uh, Deputy Chief Kelleher and uh, thank God nobody was hurt, and the gentleman's getting the, he, the help that he needs. Um, thank God nobody was hurt. And, uh, you know, I just saw those babies, and I said, oh, but thank you. I echo Ms. Lopez. Mm. Thank you, and welcome aboard. Thank you very much. Thank I appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. So it's, um, I had to do out a budget for um, the cost for the salary, and then it also includes some mental health wellness training for our officers. And then every year I have to resubmit a budget for that. So it's fully funded by the Department of Mental Health. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's, yeah, I just had a question. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mr. Theodore. Any other questions or comments? Do we, you're not looking for a vote or anything, right? Just, just a, no. No. We, we already awarded it. <laughs> not to the 27th. Take a vote to welcome you aboard. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy holidays. Thank you. Thank you, deputies and sergeant. Thank you. All right. Mr. Uh, Theodore. Next on the agenda is the capital requests from... Um, you see who do you want to go to first? Police should be we'll do police. the police department first, since you guys are already up. Welcome, Chief. Welcome, Deputy. Thank you very Good evening. much. Happy holidays to the board. So, first of all, I just wanted to touch upon what you said, uh, Mr. Chairman, about Cohasset. We are part of Metrolec, which is a regional response team, and uh, Deputy Chief Kelleher is in charge of the Crisis Negotiation Unit. He went to Cohasset along with Sergeants Becker and Lehan, and, and he ran the unit for that very, um, I can't even imagine how stressful that scenario was with two little babies in the house. So I just want to give him Thank you. very proud of you. Thank you. It was a team effort that night with, with the SWAT team and negotiators and the investigators and Cohasset PD. So it's a busy, busy night, but all great outcome. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Wonderful outcome. 
Also, when I have the camera, I just want to thank Billy Walsh and the DPW for the outstanding job that they have done on the Canton Police Department. I don't know what we would do without them. They, they made it sparkle, and I'm thrilled. So thank you, Billy. You no, know, made it sparkle else. more. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving on um, to capital. So we put in for four cars, the, the total amount, which... Ironically and sadly, I don't know if this will buy us four cars the way the prices are going up, but we are requesting two hybrids and two traditional models. Um, we did receive our first hybrid. Deputy Chief Kelleher is driving it. How's, how's it running? I love it. Yeah, a little bit. It, 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 we don't have a patrol car hybrid yet. Um, it, it's, it's, so we'll see how it goes. But, but the cars, they had to come by. They had to get in. You probably know, yeah. um, Mike, but but and the prices keep going up. Yep. So so we're requesting for. Hopefully this will cover it. And obviously you know they're going 24/7. So um, ballistic body armor and carriers. There is usually a federal grant, and I believe it's still in effect to, to reimburse us. But we we're on a rotating basis. We have so many offices. They last five years, and we kind of have worked out a system of rotating. So. Um, the one thing about this request this year, we're, we're changing to different carriers, and I have uh, Officer Good and Deputy Chief Cheryl. Where did she go? Oh, she stepped outside. Okay. Can somebody get her? But, Sean, if you can come up, we're going to stop moving towards this outer carrier. Oh, nice. Um, the reason we're doing that, and Sean can point out the different things, and you'll see the difference with Deputy Chief Cheryl. These are the carriers that we currently wear right now with everything on the lower belt. It's a wellness factor. You guys can move up a little bit closer, so. We're old, can't see. <laughs> and Sean, you can touch base on what the difference is with the, with the new carriers we're gonna start going to. Um, as you see, our gun belt is now up on our chest. So we're gonna start on our belt, our taser, our firearm. Um, I actually did a little weight. It was about eight and a half pounds was our gun belt without our firearms on it. That eight and a half pounds now is up on our chest. Dispersed a lot better on our shoulders than on our, on our waist. Um, you know, after 16 hours riding a cruiser, there's a lot of pain, and you know, the majority of our guys and women have some back pain and it's sore. Um, this is life changing feeling. You know, the weight up here feels great. Um, it has a million pockets in it, it has everything that you need for our flashlight, radio, magazines, handcuffs, OC, we have our tourniquet. Inside, we have uh, parts for uh, quick laws, another set of handcuffs, um, radio. Like I said, it feels fantastic. It also has a blood type on it. God forbid if that worst day ever, ever happened, they can look right on it and see what, we, what I need. Um, it also has our name on the back, on the front, and on the back has Canton Police. It is re uh, reflective, so when we're on traffic stop at 138, cars are coming down, they can see what we're standing on the side. That's a good thing. I can see it on the back of you. That's going to be so brutal to ride around with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then can't fit. I can't fit it on my waist. So for someone like me, I can this stuff up and then be able to have more real estate on my waist. What I'd like to do is this right here. It's a little safety handle. So if we ever had to pull it around. Okay, yeah. Wow. And I've seen the sun climb. Ridiculously hot out. When you come back to the station, 
Usually, the old time wear it, it's tucked in your uniform. Now, it's like a jacket. I can just unzip it, take it off, get a little coolia, put it back on. Um, in general, this whole vest probably weighs right around a little less than 20 pounds. Um, but, you know, like firefighters we do wear, we have to carry all these tools every day. Is that ballistic as well? Yes, that's the whole point. Inside is my ballistic vest, um, wraps around you. So, um, you know, and this is what the guys have been really itching for. And, and the chief's goal is to keep it subtle and not like in the face. And if you look, if you're watching any of the news coverage of different towns, um, you see everyone so yeah. yeah. carriers. Yeah. It's just how you dress it up or dress it in this case. Um, yeah, great. I think it, it really is subtle. Versus it's better off for the, for the officers, I mean, the whole department. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just think of yourself after you get up from the meeting last night and you get like, oh, I'm so. Imagine, it, he, it, as you were saying, eight pounds plus the weight of your gun. Ms. Lopez? Um, makes a lot of sense for all the reasons that you stated. I, I believe that a lot of police departments are going toward body cameras. Yes. And so how does the new outfit it, it, accommodate it, it, that? It, 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 just right, uh, attached right, right there. Um, so we'll absolutely be able to. So it makes it easier. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's better for everybody. And they, and they will have to have the badge on. Yep. That's so, so this is a. a Rubber badge, uh, so units like Metro Life, where you definitely uh, have to go. You Looks real. Get off, put the metro badge on. <laughs> uh, you know, it's. What is it? Protein. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Any other questions for the no, chief or deputy or the sergeant? That's, That's great. That's great. Yeah, because okay, all great. the way to be up above and instead of sitting on you. Yes. So how, long, how long? If how long does those take to get? Well, this one, we ordered it as a model to just, I didn't want to roll it out without all of you having some say. So it was about six weeks, Sean? Six and a half, half weeks. Um, we all carry Armor Express uh, body armor, and this is an Armor Express outer carrier. So it's pretty simple. The, when we order it, just the officer looks on his uh, inside the body, and there's a number that's specific, uh, specific yeah. for him, and they... And they know how we want it set up. Yeah. We kind of went to that, and, and they need to get their blood type. But so that, as of right now, there's no supply issues. Huh? Um, no. Uh, all the all the mollies, we call mollies. They're all um, stocked at uh, AAA. I didn't have. Any oh right, I went down. Sure, great. Yeah, any other so, questions or comments, Mr. Lockard? No, that's that's great. Chief kind of working towards wellness in so many ways for the officers, which we'll yeah. touch on later in my capital. I'm sure they're, they're <laughs> higher quality for the protection as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, so it, just about to have everything so close right here, uh, it's, it's, it's nice. Okay. Thanks for modeling. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. I just wanted you to you have the before and after. <laughs> Um, so that's that. Moving on, stationary radar guns, as, as Mr. Theodore and Mr. Lockery can attest to, the officers have been doing exemplary work out Are on get, the road. Do they get pulled over? Twice. Uh, I, I think a lot of them, well, no, <laughs> but I'm talking good. about traffic committee last night. But, but um, oh, okay. they've interacted with a number of citizens, which I believe Tommy, Mr. Theodore is going to relate later, and we haven't had one complaint. But, um, but in keeping with that, you need the, we haven't had new radar guns in 10 years, and we need to make sure that they're calibrated, Calibrate, co yeah. collect correctly. And, and in order to, this is the number one 
quality of life issue in this town without a doubt traffic throughout this town so we want to make sure we give the officers who are doing the job the tools to not have people coming back and saying well that was wrong you know like it just so so that's why that request is in here so the next two requests um, the firearms and the tasers I'm going to turn over to Deputy Chief Kelleher because that he runs firearms and all of the use of force okay um, so as far as the electronic control devices we were looking to um, upgrade from what we have now um, we, we purchased our, our um, electronic control devices in 2014 made by taser was the company they're the only game in the country they're the only that that's the only company that has this device yeah. uh, that sells to police departments um, we're looking to upgrade you know the tasers um, they're a plastic material taser doesn't make the model we carry any longer um, and they will not back the components that they use inside the device any longer so not only won't we be able to buy more for our department unless we upgrade to another model um, I look at it like a, an iPhone when we purchased what we have now the x26 P's in 2014 they were the cream of the crop they were the iPhone 8 well, we're now on to iPhone 13s and 14s and we're still with the iPhone 8 as far as the um, electronic control device um, the newer models the model we have comes with two cartridges where if you deployed it you would have to take that cartridge off if you had to redeploy the new cartridge the new units come with cartridges where you could just deploy right away a second cartridge. Um, they also come with, you know, the way a taser works is it gives a laser, and the laser is usually the, where the top probe is going to con make contact with, with the target. Uh, the new tasers come with two lasers, so you know exactly where your probes are going um, with, the, with the new ones. Um, the older models, bulky. Newer models are a lot smaller. Um, you know, you can change cartridge with just a push of a button now on the on the new on the new models. So, um, any questions? I can. Answer. Basically, we need them to have the continuum of force. Sure. That, that and, and it's a wonderful tool um, that has, you know, when when tasers, there's an FBI statistic that officer in the line of duty injuries has decreased almost 66% because of the use of electronic control devices that a lot of people do not they'll give up yeah the analogy you used was pretty this was a good analogy to make people understand the difference of oh, yeah. you have them. that's how far that's we've come with what we're carrying and um, and it's only been a, you know, I say 2014 seems like yesterday but you know for an electronic uh, device plastic device that's in all sort of all sorts of elements um, out there on a traffic patrol or out there at a you know a down to wire in the middle of the night and it's getting rained on um, it's it's you know in my opinion it's time absolutely deputy what would happen to the old tasers I mean do they go in the trash I mean no we would probably um, would see if taser would take them back to be yeah. completely honest with you I'd rather not throw them in the trash but did you use um, backup for anything or just do they have a life you know maybe training we could do something like that you know the problem is you know you buy training cartridges for these devices and tasers not making right. the training devices the cartridges anymore they're saying once you know let's say they have three million once the three million are gone we're not doing it we're not making it anymore yeah. so um, that's that's where we are okay. as far as 
the uh, ECDs. Yeah, that was my point. I didn't know whether or not they would take them back or whether or not we have to see No, I'd like know, to see if they'd be back. I just don't know if there's a market for it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it sounds like Maybe civilian not. use, but. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. 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 Uh, you mentioned a moment ago that the statistics say that um, the use of tasers has reduced injuries to you know, you don't in have, a significant way? Yes. You're not going hands-on as much anymore because you have a taser. <laughs> it's another tool where you're giving someone an opportunity through distance to give up. By that same logic, does it also make sense that the use of tasers and the current technology would reduce the risk of injury to somebody else that you're dealing with? Yeah, abso absolutely, yes. So it's yeah. Uh, yeah. a reduction of risk all around. I, yes. I believe so. Yeah. Good point. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for Excellent. bringing that up. Um, and we're also requesting new firearms. All right. Uh, firearms. So um, right now, um, we it's very similar to the, to the ECW, the, um, the electronic control device. The taser, we, we, we got the firearms we have now, um, we purchased these in 2014. The big push back in the day was to get bigger with firearms, ballistic, ballistically wise. Um, to move from the, you know, in the, in the 70s, the 38 specials, to the 80s, the 357s, to the 90s, the 40 calibers, and then we went to the 45 caliber, which is a really big, big, heavy round. Uh, we did that in 2014. The push now, because ballistics and science and physics have come so far, um, that the nine millimeter is is back, and um, the majority of police departments are going back. Why? It's a smaller round. You can fit more on your belt, on your person. Um, it's cheaper. So when we buy in bulk to go to the range. If we change from what we have now, the 45 cal to the 9mm, we would save two to $3,000 every time we train, just in, just in ammo, just in ammunition. Um, in addition to that, the new, the new weapons today are, are milled for optics, um, and uh, optics that give the officer so many uh, advantages as far as um, sight picture. You can, you can you can fire this weapon with both eyes open. You're actually trained to fire. So now you're not using, you're not losing 50% of your vision when you're on target. You're using both eyes open. You're getting 100% of your vision when you're using these. Um, the optics um, give the officer, like I said, a significant advantage um, in everything. At night, we have two shifts that work at night. Um, the optics give us great night vision. Um, better sight picture in low light. Uh, speed and accuracy at better distances. More recently, the tragedy in Bristol, Connecticut, uh, where two police officers were murdered. Um, the third police officer had a, a wound in his leg, and because he had optics on his weapon, deployed that gun at 80 yards with a round in his leg and stopped the threat with one round. Um, it's an amazing, you know, thing. Um, and that was strictly optics. I, I was fortunate enough to be at a use of force conference just uh, two weeks ago. And um, that was a big thing with moving on with, um, with, this, um, with another weapon. Police departments today, all sorts of shapes, sizes, hand sizes, shapes, um, downsizing to a smaller weapon, a 9mm weapon, um, would, would accommodate um, the majority. Yeah, 
everybody on the, everyone on the department. Um, I could see him dancing around. How do yeah. I say this? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I was just fortunate enough to go to a two-day um, instructor school for the optics, and I can tell you, hands-on, uh, firsthand, that it's um, it's a game changer in um, law enforcement. All right, and our very last thing. Not that all of these are, um, I think, necessary tools. This is like my wish list thing, but it is one of the things that is closest to my heart because it goes to wellness of the officers. Um, at the Camp Police Department, I, I'm requesting $50,000 to kind of redo the control area of the, the Camp Police Department. When you walk into the police station, there's no area for the officers to have privacy to come in and eat. There is no stove at the Canton Police Department. So in a snowstorm, when every restaurant is closed and the officers are working 16-hour shifts, they cannot make themselves a meal. I'd like to kind of put up a wall, make a kitchenette that they can come in and eat healthy and, and have some place that, that is kind of to be able to just decompress for, for the dinner hour. You know, a lot of times um, it, it's a difficult and I'm not saying in Canton at all, it's, it's, it's just a difficult time for police. And I think that, that if we can do stuff that makes them say, hey, you matter, and the fact that you should be able to eat on a snowstorm 16-hour day and make yourself something healthy will go a long way. So those are the six capital items I have this evening. Any questions for either the deputy or the chief? Committee members, Mr. Larkin? Just uh, one uh, deputy, just sure. the same question yep. on the firearms. Yes, to be a trade-in value, definitely with our firearms. Uh, so I, I've, I've done a little bit of research, and um, if you're really looking for a number, um, no, 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 just okay. you, you'll be yes, able to trade in. Yes, absolutely trade-in, and I will trade in anything we have in the armory to to get our guys uh, the the, this, the right, this, yeah, yeah, the right weapon for our for our department with with optics. And if I may, just to follow that up, uh, Deputy, uh, would you try to do the whole department in one shot? No, no pun intended. Yes. Yep. Yes, I, I would. I would. Yeah. Um, I would, I would, you know, I would the new weapons come milled have, for the office. In my opinion, I'm not a police officer. I looked at a lot of different options. You can't have half the department with yeah, nine millimeters no, and the other half with no, 45s. In no, my opinion, no, I, it's you a guys know better than I know. Yeah. Well, it, God forbid if they ever needed to exchange weapons. Oh yeah, it's true. A, a terrible. You know, I hate talking about the, the worst case scenario, but you, you want to, them all trained on the new And we have to be ready optics. for the worst case scenario because yes. we're not shaming us. Yeah. And I think four of our capital items are, are like in this day and age of policing. You need cruisers, you need vests, you need tasers, a continuum of force, Life and safety. weapons. Life yeah. safety. The radar guns, they're going to keep the residents happy because yeah. it's, it's the down. quality of life, and the kitchenette is going to keep me happy because <laughs> it, it's wellness of the offices. So I could have said something, but I won't. That's Be there making dinner, right? Thank you. Thank you for... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Happy holidays. Thank you. Hope everyone gets to spend time with family and friends. Yeah, library, Miss uh, Miss Capone. <coughs> Thank you. Hi everyone. I am getting over a cold, so. <coughs> Apologies if I sound a little bit hoarse. Um, <clears throat> so, um, I'm here to talk to you today about the library's capital projects. Um, 
and yeah, that won't happen. I'll start with our most important project. Um, our envelope of our building is in need of extensive repair. And last year I came before you and I explained that we needed to do some work on our um, HVAC system and our rubber roofing because both of those systems were in need of repair and um, town meeting voted to support that request and gave us uh, some of monies around $375,000 which at the time I had anticipated would cover all of the necessary repairs. However, everything has increased in cost um, so, so much and um, with just our municipal budget cycle and the time that passed between when the initial request came in, um, when the work was uh, looked at again, the quotes to come in um, and repair the library roof and to um, fix and improve and replace some of the, the aging HVAC work, we're now looking at um, a substantial increase in order to complete the work. So the Buildings and Renovations Committee has been tremendously helpful to me. Um, they've helped come out and use some of the monies that we were allocated last year to um, put out an RFQ for design services so we can really have you know, very thorough work done to plan out the next step of repair. And then they've taken some steps to make sure that the building is weather tight for this winter because books and water do not mix. That's just it. Um, so I'm grateful that some of that repair work has already been completed, but we are looking for additional funds so that we can repair um, the roof and the HVAC system at the library. Mr. Chair. Mr. Lochran, um, is the new amount um, on top of the money that was allocated last year? Yes. So the money that was allocated last year is being used to fund the um, design services okay. and the repair work that was critically important to do, shoring up some of the, the damage that needed to be repaired and to get us ready for the winter. So um, that's what the additional monies are for. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then I would like to talk about our library book drop replacement request. Um, I mentioned before that books on water don't mix. They really don't mix. And we have um, two book drop receptacles. They're similar to the, um, the boxes out in front of town hall that you would deposit your checks and payments in. It's where people return their books and media, uh, magazines, DVDs after hours when we're not open. And they are original to the uh, renovation in 2001. So they're leaking and they don't close. And what happens is when people put their books, books that belong to Canton, books that belong to other libraries that they've borrowed through Canton, those are getting wet and damaged and we really need to take care of this. So. Um, this is a pretty high priority for us at the library, and we hope that you would support this request. Um, we got a lot of life out of the last ones, so we're looking to replace them. Um, did anybody have any questions about the book drops that we need replaced? Okay. 
And then lastly is um, Helena had a wish list for her quality of life issues. We have a, a, a wish list item as well. Um, we are trying to be more proactive at the library, looking at you know, our, our long-term planning, how long systems last, how we can plan to make sure that um, we're in good shape and we don't run into issues where we don't have funding for things um, when they reach their end of life. Mm -hmm. And right now, our library carpeting is also 20 years old. Um, and it is in need of replacement. Um, I recognize that this is a very large expense, but it is important for air quality. It's important for um, noise and sound mitigation throughout the building. We are on track this year to have over 250,000 visits at our library. Um, we have had just an enormous explosion of use and all those feet that come into the building are dirty. Um, what we lack in our vestibule is appropriate walk-off carpeting so that um, if we could install walk-off carpeting right in the front lobby of the building, it would help clean about 80% of the debris off people's feet and it would then protect our carpets throughout the building more. Um, you have to understand that we have a building where people are of all ages. We have very young children and babies that crawl around on the floor in our building. Um, we have seniors that will trip on areas that are in disrepair. And um, carpeting has come a long way in 20 years. Uh, the acoustical properties of carpeting in a library are invaluable. We have a lot of noisy teens, noisy children, um, and some sound mitigation would be a huge blessing to us at the library. So I would respectfully ask that you consider our request for carpeting at the library. Thank you, Ms. Capone. Ms. Lopez? You mentioned that as to carpeting, if there was some called walk-off carpeting, yes. I should have that in my kitchen, yeah. um, that would mitigate significantly the damage uh, going forward, I guess. So is the number that's included in here, is that for the walk-off carpeting or is that to re-carpet the entirety of the library? It's to re-carpet the entire library. And in the quotes that I um, submitted, there are multiple options for the project where we could, if there were not funds available to fund the entire 200000 we could pick and choose which areas of the project we could do. We could even do it over three years. We could just do the, you know, we could break it into floor by floor it. and phase it in that way. Um, it, but the benefit of the, the walk-off carpeting in the front is, if you walked into our lobby before, I know you all have come in, especially in the fall, in the winter, you open those doors up and there's just leaves everywhere. There's dirt everywhere, there's salt everywhere. Um, that walk-off carpeting, it, it will keep the stuff that comes in off people's shoes and at least allow us to sort of trap it and then not have it blow all over the building. So that's a huge benefit to us. And then one more question. Um, given the rather eye-popping uh, figure <laughs> associated with the HVAC and um, roof, mm -hmm. is it reasonable that you've got these in rank order of priority? Yes. Okay. Yep, the roof is the most important. That's the most important. Absolutely. Um, I do hope that the book drops would be replaced as well. I know it's not that much money, but we, we can't damage other people's, other libraries' materials. And um, if you return a library book in our book drop, 
you should rest assured that you're, you know, it's going to be dry for the next patron. Thank you. Thanks. Any other questions for the library director? I see two of your uh, members here. Welcome. Thank you. Oh, yes. Um, sorry. Peg Mead and Emily Priggett are here. Thank you. They're library trustees. Thank you for your I support. thought there was Emily behind that mask. Of course. In her hat. <laughs> of course, Peggy, I've known forever. And that's a good, a good thing from my point of view. <laughs> Thank you all very much. Thank Thank Happy you. holidays. Thank you. And you have Thank another you. meeting. That's why we had a, we, uh, you requested to jump up ahead. Thank you no very no much. No problem. Appreciate it. <coughs> Thank you. Mr. Theodore, I think we have left is the... Tyler Radicioni. I kind of... <laughs> Sioni. <laughs> Radicone. Close, right. <laughs> Thank you. Italian names right. <laughs> um, today I'm requesting four projects for uh, capital, um, and I'll, I'll go in order of uh, kind of ranking. So, first one's a new 14-foot landscape trailer. Um, right now, our current fleet, we have two kind of landscape trailers that are very old and to the point where almost not usable as we've made multiple repairs. We've done all sorts of things just to keep them operational to tow our equipment. Um, last year's capital request, we purchased a new scarifier. Currently, none of our new trailers can actually fit that new scarifier. So this trailer will be mainly to transport that new scarifier that we'll be receiving. So very vital that we get this. Scarifier will help, uh, <laughs> you asked this before. Uh, yeah, so the Scarifier new piece will actually help with the infields, turning over the infields in baseball, and uh, very important piece of equipment. So uh, A lot of us didn't know what it was, but we wouldn't want to ask. Yeah, no, no, that's all right. Yeah, so it's super important <laughs> for the Peter baseball. Asked me to ask the question. So. Baseball and softball fields, so. Um, so nobody asked them last year when we got it? <laughs> <laughs> we were thinking about it, but <laughs> Um, Sorry, no worries. The, the second one is the new Kubota zero-turn mower. Uh, we currently have three zero-turn mowers in our fleet. Two of them are over 15 years old, breaking down constantly, having to take them offline, sending them for repairs. The more uh, parks and fields that we keep getting, these, these, these uh, mowers are super important and help with the efficiency of cutting, uh, especially with the demands from all the leagues and sports that we constantly have to cut and be out there. So. Uh, these these mowers are very vital for us, especially newer ones, so we don't have to keep sending things out to get repaired. So, um, third project is the redesign and replace Crawford irrigation. Currently, the system is very flawed. Um, it doesn't hit all areas of the field. Uh, this summer, we had probably the worst drought caused serious hazard conditions on the field. Um, there would be you know, line drives in the outfield, pop flies, and the ball would literally bounce almost over the kids' heads or hitting their chest because the irrigation couldn't hit that area. So um, we're asking for money to just kind of uh, replace and kind of um, redesign almost. Not redesign, but replace and fix some of the issues at the, at the Crawford Irrigation. And that's, just so you guys know, that's probably the most popular Little League field that's used. So it's heavily used. Which field is that? Crawford. Crawford. Behind the Kennedy. 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 Yep, sorry. There were three behind Mr. Bill Kennedy. Crawford, who was the original president, one of the original president of um, Kent Lilly. Uh -huh. Bill yes. Crawford. So, yeah, very heavily used field, seven days a week most, most times. So um, that project's important. And then the last one is the uh, new uh, 2023 F-250 pickup truck, which will have plow attachments, hazard lights, and all that. 
We currently have one truck offline that is not repairable or it's not worth repairing. Um, hazardous to, to for any of our people to be put in. As we grow as a department, which we are, um, it's important to kind of replace some of these trucks that we, we are having to take offline. So we completely have one truck offline, um, and this one will kind of replace that truck. So those are the four projects. Any questions for the director? Yes, Mr. Larkin. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, your area of expertise, I'm just asking the question. Yes. Uh, so you're replacing the 60-inch uh, zero turn. Is that the biggest lawnmower uh, that Parks and Rec has? And should we be looking at bigger ones, like when you're taking care of, you know, Paul Revere, like a big tractor, would that yes. do it quicker? So or? we do have a tractor with the attachment for that. Yep. Luckily, with, with the Paul Revere site, that is um, contracted out, so we don't have to necessarily deal yep. with that. But yep. it is, yeah, these, so these... These mowers with the grass catcher and all that actually serve as multi kind of purposes for us because we can do other attachments on them. So um, in the zero turn, this size is, you know, we do have a lot of, we can't do too big because of the tight corridors that we do have to fit in in some of the parks and fields. So it's yep. kind of convenient to have these. And uh, nowadays with the, the speeds and the, and the way these things can turn, it's just, to be honest with you, the big ones, it won't make it that big of a difference for us to have two big. So, perfect. Yeah, perfect. these are yeah. some of the questions I yeah. hear. So. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Any other questions or comments for the director? All reasonable. Said thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Happy thank holidays, you. everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Tyler. Uh, next next slide. is. Chief Robbery. And Deputy Chief Johnson. And Deputy Sorry. Good evening. Lord Good evening. Good evening. How are you doing? Okay. So first up on my capital agenda is the uh, we have these life pack CR two defibrillators and they're distributed throughout the town in all the town buildings, uh, the parks, and they're approaching their end of year life. Uh, they're about 10 years old, and we're seeking to replace them. We're looking, uh, this is uh, going to cost $68,000. we are looking for 28 Two um, would be used for spares. In case one breaks, uh, uh, they, they have an eight-year warranty, but if we have to pull some out of service, uh, we have two spares to fill in. And, you tr uh, traditionally have the spares, correct? What's yep. that? Yep. We have spares, so it's yep. not something that's that's out. That you're have done. This is common yeah. practice, yeah. correct? And and we'd be uh, uh, turning in the uh, the old ones. They'll they'll give us money for those. Right. Well, Mr. Larkin was going to ask that question. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You beat him to the punch. Thank yeah. you. So so that's yeah. a uh, <laughs> kind of a liability issue if they're they're getting bad. We have defibrillators. Uh, the next uh, item is. E, the ambulance. We'd, we'd like to get another ambulance, uh, or replace one ambulance. So th we have three ambulances currently. Ambulance one at station one, ambulance two at station two, ambulance three is our backup, which we use from time to time when we have a callback. Uh, we have the guys come in when we get busy, we put a box on, they'll man that ambulance while the other two are out. So this ambulance, uh, the, the price, uh, 505,000 is includes um, it'll bring us up to ALS specs it, it's going to be a defibrillator in there it'll be a Lucas machine which which is a um, uh, automated CPR machine um, 
it includes the radios. So what would happen is uh, Ambulance 3, which is going to be traded in, uh, is a 2016. And right now it has 20,000 miles. It, it'll be well over 100,000. So the problem is we, we're running into a chain supply issue also. Normally, we wouldn't ask for this ambulance until next year, but it, there's a two-year wait for this ambulance. So we're putting it in early. We won't see this until fiscal year 2025. So that's why we're, we're, we're asking. Oh, go ahead. Does putting it in early lock in the price? Or does, I, does that protect us? I believe us? yes. I, I, believe I wouldn't it will, say so yes. because look no, what happened so to the bus. Well, that's what I'm asking. That's why I'm asking. We're playing worst-case scenario. So I talked to the manufacturer at Greenwood. And he gave us a price of 500000 as worst-case scenario. So that we're, he's, he's really working hard now. It's really tough right now to figure out what the price is going to be. It all goes back to the chassis. So depending on what the chassis is and what the different prices are for the components is what's going to drive it. So we're trying to plan ahead so we don't run into a problem where we don't have an ambulance available. So you've built in a cushion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this, we're looking at this as most likely worst-case scenario. And we'll go on from there. Unfortunately, with the way the ambulances are right now, we don't know. I have departments that I know in other towns, they need an ambulance now. Like, they need an ambulance, and they can't get one. So we're trying to plan ahead so we don't run into that problem. It would be a Ford. Not, we're not going back to the internationals, correct? Right. Yeah. Same, exact same. Is Ford going to still manufacture them? Dodge also does. Oh, Dodge does, okay. It, it's, you know, All right. We'll go from there. But that would it's just playing ahead so that we don't run into problems in the future. Right. And that the 505, if, I, if 505 is just, um, is that um, uh, fully, 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 fitted, fully, yeah. fully ready yeah. to go? Yeah. Turnkey, ready to go? Stretcher, loading machine, yeah. loading. So, yeah. With the, the stretcher we need that lifts them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's everything. All ALS, yeah. ALS equipment, all that stuff. Great, okay, yeah. I just want to make sure. Yeah. That, well, ALS. It's advanced it's life support. support. So they can give you the medications and that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Thank the, you. The, um, yeah. It can be the paramedics. And, uh, mm -hmm. So that ambulance, uh, We'll move A1, which is at Station 1. That'll be the spare backup, and the new one will go to Station 1. Uh, okay, the next up is the... Uh, we, we're looking for four thermal images cameras. Um, so basically, um, these cameras, are they're a vital tool for firefighting operations. They assist us in areas in visibility due to smoke conditions, and we can see heat behind walls. Um, the ones we have now, uh, so basically we want to replace uh, the ones that are 10 years old. Right now we have uh, one, we have one on our front line engine at station one, one on our front line engine at station two, and we have uh, one on each ladder. So we would replace all those and we, we would uh, uh, basically move the ones from the engine to the spare engines that would that would leave us the two ones on the ladders we'll use for uh training uh we can't trade those in so so this project costs fifteen thousand for the four of them we can trade them in but the deal is we have to buy the most expensive ones which are nine thousand a piece um the ones for fifteen uh, well they're actually you know three thousand a piece um those will do the job. Um, the other ones are, will have all the keep kind the of bells and whistles and stuff like that. We, we, we really don't need that. Uh, so that'll work out for us if we, if we do that. And I remember 20, it had to be 20 years ago, 
uh, Mr. Sala, Jim and yes. my feature Sala. With the helmet. Tommy, yeah. Yes. They came in this room and they, they donated the, 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 the yeah. very first yeah. Uh, yeah. The thermal. I remember that like it was yesterday. It's the same thing with technology. Yeah, that was, that was the, uh, we were the first ones around surrounding towns to have one. Yeah. And, uh, let's see how far it's come. And the placement's technology too. Right it's electronics, the batteries there right now are yeah. dying out faster. They're not right. pulling the charge. So the helmet, yeah. right. after 10 years or so, you know, it's a technology issue also for this. Uh, let's see the next, the next one we're looking for. Oh, so our fire intercom system. Uh, so right now the fire alarm intercom system at station one is not working. It's inoperable. It's old. It, it was, it was put in 24 years ago when, when the, uh, we moved into the new station basically. And so we use this system to get the guys down to the floor. It's kind of a backup to the Vogue system from Norfolk County. If that goes down, we can still reach the guys. Um, and, and basically, uh, sometimes we'll get a walk-in medical and we need to get the guys. They could be down in the gym, they could be upstairs, out in the garage. We need to just hit that button and say, hey, we gotta run, let's go. Um, and sometimes we get, we still get once in a while an emergency call on the business line. Um, and we need to get those guys down. Uh, that price is 17000 So basically what would happen is all the speakers are in place, all the wires to the speakers are good. It's just the head end we need to replace. They can still use the wires and the, and the speakers. So it's, all we're replacing is the head end on the, on the board in the dispatch. So, and last is... Um, not least. What's that? Last but not least. But not least. Well, <laughs> if you're going to cut something out, you can cut this out. No, no. <laughs> this is everything. Oh, okay. It's in the so, learning phase. Randy, 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 going the other way. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the, uh, the, chief, the chief's car it's here. Your own car. It's my it's car. car, yeah. Uh, so basically, it's, it's a uh, 2015 um, vehicle, 145 now, I think. Um, it, it was last, supposed to be traded in. The last year was very tough in. on the car, believe yeah. me, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the car was so, supposed to be traded in. Yeah. yeah. And it's been well used by the deputy. Yeah. So actually, we're, we're looking for a uh, um, new vehicle for myself. Sure. <laughs> and that is, uh, well, we priced are it those, Let me ask you, the, that, the, 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 what is it, the 60 $68,000 question. Are those available? Nothing's available anymore. Yeah, yeah you've been checking on <laughs> so that. So, mine, we, we, we found mine on a lot. lot. There's a certain time frame when you order these vehicles now. So, right now, our squad that we're trying to order, there's a time frame between about two weeks ago till now where Ford is taking in orders for frames for the chassis. I'm hoping at Greenwood to get in there and get one for us. We put a PO in for that, and once that PO is in, they say they're going to build it. Well, they say they're going to build it. And then we have to wait a year to make sure that they do build it. And so it's getting like a little bit better. Um, but again, it's one of those things we need to sort of jump on right away to make sure that we can get one in a reasonable amount of time. Now, is that going to be red? It's not going to be orange, is it? No, no, not orange. <laughs> like the, never mind, I won't go down that road. Don't get yourself in trouble, John. <laughs> Don't get yourself in trouble. <laughs> I saw it drive by me the other day and I went, wow. The Ghostbusters machine. That's what oh, yeah. You're talking about <laughs> C6, yeah. Chief, your candor buys you a lot of credibility. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Maybe not a lot of car, but some credibility. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, 
That's my list. Any questions for the chief or deputy chief? No. I'm sure, Tom? I'm positive. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Okay, thank, thank, you thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, have a good night. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Wendell. Okay, and again, thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Uh, last but not least. And you got 12 minutes to go, <laughs> Lewis. <laughs> Uh, good evening, Lewis. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'll shut that off, get that out of the way for you. Um, so for the technology side of the finance department, there are seven requests that I have submitted, totaling just over $184,000. Um, in order, the first item is a multi-year renewal request for our antivirus and a variety of other services that go along with that. To take an item like this, put into an operating budget, they do have a significant enough cost savings to do a multi-year purchase. Um, so that's why we've had that for the last couple of years as it comes up for renewal inside of the capital request. That's almost the second item we have in here is a replacement of a current physical device that manages and maintains all of our wireless infrastructure for about a dozen municipal buildings. Physical products going away, going end of life, uh, next renewal time frame. Again, try to get this in line to get it replaced, knowing that we have it available for replacement for the beginning of next fiscal year. So we're not trying to renew a one-year support contract on a product that is not going to be supported. So this would maintain all the end devices. There's just one physical component that we're changing. And we'd migrate everything that we have through that process. And with the configuration, installation, all the services, we have a $14,000 price for that. Third item that we have is for physical phone replacements in various offices throughout the town. So many years ago, 2008, 2009, we had funding, various sources. We ran fiber throughout the buildings. As part of that, we were able to install our own internal phone system. And so the town hall was the first part of that. Since then, in 2010, we've added additional locations, public safety, put in a system there last couple years. Library was brought on. Council on Aging was brought on as they moved into a new facility. All the rest of the locations have had the original equipment since 2010. Um, there are a variety of changes in functionality that have happened in it from both a speed function as well as a physical function so people can see who's on the phone, be able to transfer calls better and so on and so forth. Um, so that's what we have here. It would take care of buildings outside of Town Hall. I do have them listed on the uh, capital request. So we're not touching the library, we're not touching police or fire, but it'd be all the other outlying buildings outside of Town Hall. And again, this is basically the price just for a new phone. We don't have to do anything with licensing or configurations. We would handle all that in-house. Fourth item in the list is uh, a normal yearly request for desktop computers and other peripheral replacements. We're not 
as bad of a shape as you know most others in getting equipment. Um, the price is what's killing us on that end. What we used to pay $900 for a machine is now pushing $1,300. And so the request we had for this current year, we're hoping to do 25 or 30 machines. We basically topped out at 20. And the quote that I've attached here, again, is the current price. It has 30 devices for it. And hopefully we can get those 30 and or plus machines to replace those if we get the funding for next year. Fifth item, uh, copier replacement. Two physical locations, police department and recreation. These units purchased back in 2011-2012. We're not the type of organization to do leasing for these types of machines or devices. We usually buy them out. Um, the maintenance cost on them is very low because we do on a use base. So most of these departments are paying you know, $120 to $200 a year for maintenance. So we use them until they get to the point where they're almost non-functioning. And that's, you know, that's what we have here. You know, a 9, a 10, or 11, or a 12-year-old machine just for a particular office does not have color capability. One does not have scanning capability. So this would bring all those, you know, and add that function in. The old ones would be removed by the vendor. Really no trade-in function, but they would remove it and discard it and dispose of it properly. So that's we have those two for about $9,500. Sixth item is specifically for the library. Um, this would replace their firewall. We have a variety throughout the town. We consolidate as much as we can um, with other things that I brought before the board before where we've received some state funding. We're pulling one of those pieces out. We don't need a firewall anymore. So this is the last one. Bring it up to current configuration. Again, these devices are not a long-lived type of product. We put this in place in 2017. So, you know, four or five years is really where that life cycle sits. It would integrate better with all the other changes that we've done and add-ons through the antivirus and all the monitoring. Um, still within the same product line as we currently have and just replacing that as part of the normal use and necessity. And then our last item, similar to the very first one that we started with, this has a benefit of doing a multi-year subscription. Um, we just ended the subscription of what we did when we put in the public safety system. We've renewed that for the one year, which will bring us into the fall of next year. If this funding you know, was available, then we'd be able to go ahead and have a five-year subscription cost to cover any software updates. Once we get to three years in, we're pretty much already broke even, and the last two years are the offset savings that we would have from doing a multi-year plan like that. Um, you know, again, to be upfront, yes, we've, we can do a one year within the budget. We don't get as the best savings potential from a multi-year. And, you know, if this was an item, this is the one for me that we could remove and live with in other ways. The other items are, are more important. Thank you, Mr. Drutras. Any questions for the IT coordinator, administrator? Yes, Ms. Lopez. Um, do any of the items, because I confess I don't 
really know that I know all of what these mean, but do any of the items um, put us in a position to offer um, the public access through hybrid meetings? And, and let me tell you why I'm asking this. Um, I'm sure you're aware that this past summer, the state legislature voted to require municipalities to offer hybrid meetings by April of 2023. It was subsequently pulled as an unfunded mandate, one of your favorites. Um, it is. But the consensus seems to be it's going to come back, um, hopefully with some funding attached to it. But I know that we struggle with making sure that our capital requests are aligned with the available resources, but I would also like not to be caught unawares because it is a matter of increasing public mm -hmm. access. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of the backdrop for my question. No, no, Does we, any of this sort of help us get to there, even if it's in stages? In this plan, we're replacing most of the stuff that we already have or keeping it functional. So, you know, the wireless that's in here, that's one piece that would need that pot of connectivity. The firewall at the library to go live over there, that'd be one piece that needs that connectivity. Um, you know, we've had the discussion before. I, I know exactly what you want to try to accomplish. And it is the other revamping, the layout of the room, you know, the, the choice of the locations. We've finished the contract renewals for Verizon and Comcast, and we need to pull in Cable Access Corp to get some additional sites online so that we can have live of a meeting as it is, and that would be part of that extension. Um, definitely, you know, we can reallocate equipment and put pieces in, but I need to make sure it's the best that we can do and so we're not just trying to piecemeal a room like this for that type of access and function. Small conference room, no problem. And here, we have plans, we have pricing to do something along those lines, but the management and layout for that to see and that to see in this structure right now really isn't conducive. And so we'd have to go a little further than just Put a box in so you can see go two ways and everything else we have to revamp because this is the main meeting location you know the tavern we want to extend so they can go live the library we want to extend so they can go live and that's the push with cable access um, but definitely if the stake is off the tail with new administration coming in and makes it the requirement and puts pieces together we'll go and submit for their community compact grant, you know, come February and, and put that in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll go down that road and request funding to do that through that grant method because they're trying to vote some legislation. But I know that you've purchased one or more owls, which is part of mm -hmm. what makes the hybrid. And so that's not included in this or it is? No, no, there's nothing in there. The, the owl, though, is Because we've already on, got it and it works. Correct, yeah. Okay. We, we have one here. The library has a couple. You know, the owl is a wireless connection piece. Um, we can plug it into all the stuff that we have in various locations and have it work and be decent 
from the response perspective, depending on the size of the audience. Yeah, when we've used it, it's been yeah, great. Yeah, we've done it in smaller ones, it's worked fine. We've put two of them together and done a decent sized room. So those pieces are there, and that goes back to internet connectivity through the firewalls, the wireless piece to maintain that aspect so that that's how those function. Well, it sounds to me like you're thinking about this and you will have a plan to go forward if, in fact, this legislation happens. Um, yep. We will submit Maybe it even if it doesn't, but thank you. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. Any more questions for... Well, that was clear as mud. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> get with the time. God, I don't know how you keep up with this stuff. <laughs> thank and you. Randy has his one piece mm -hmm. and then his recap. Thank you. Finance um, Director, Mr. Scollins. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, members of the board, town administrator. Um, every request in for $20,000 uh, to design and implement 20 new uh, high impact financial reports out of our financial system uh, for finance, schools, water and sewer, and executive departments. As you know, um, the town. Uh, funded $50,000 to redo the cumbersome chart of accounts that we have, 146 <clears throat> accounts. We're um, into the design process right now. It looks like we're gonna whittle that down to about 30 funds and make the, um, the structure of the, the accounts more efficient. I think we're probably gonna be able to purge about two thirds of the accounts when we're all said and done. Um, so it's great that we'll have a very efficient um, chart of accounts, uh, which should be um, easier to um, extract uh, information, but to organize it in a meaningful way uh, for this board, other boards, um, other departments, school department, water and sewer, as relates to you know consumption analysis and rate setting, um, it would make sense for us to then take the next step, which is to design custom reports um, that are high impact that can work with this new database. Um, Lewis uh, is more than capable uh, of doing this, but um, I just think it's not a good use uh, of his time as he's uh, um, extremely, way too valuable to the department and the department is um, you know, thinly staffed. So um, there's a, a company out there that actually makes a market in this. Um, they do nothing but exclusively write reports out of the Munis financial system, former uh, Tyler, which is the owner of the public company, owner of Munis, uh, worked for, for Tyler and then set up his own shop about 15 years ago. Um, very successful business, very efficient, whereas, you know, Tyler would charge upwards three, four, five thousand dollars a report. Um, this company could do it for a thousand report um, using uh, SQL uh, code, very efficient, um, and bang, bang out the reports very quickly. Um, which is what I'm looking for. We're looking to implement the new chart of accounts hopefully in October of next year. And if this was funded at town meeting, we would immediately move to uh, implement um, some reports that would be useful for decision making. Any questions for the finance director? And yes, sir. just wanted to summarize so you've now heard all the municipal uh, capital requests. So, um, all, uh, all projects of, of merit, at least from my opinion. Um, we're oversubscribed, as I believe you know, by about uh, 1.2 million or so. Um, so um, uh, town administrator and I and the capital committee have some work to do to try to uh, pare this down and, and, and potentially find uh, maybe some other 
sources of funds, maybe some uh, closed out capital projects. I can think of a couple that might be able to supplement this list, assuming um, the town administrator and the capital committee you know, are in agreement that, that, uh, that everything should, should go forward. So I'm hoping the million and a quarter uh, could get um, uh, cut down a little bit by other funds that, that are now not being used by other capital projects. But um, you've heard all the, all the capital requests from the municipal side so far. Great, thank you. Thank you. Any other questions, comments, concerns? Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Jens. Mr. Theodore. Uh, uh, next is the approval of annual liquor license and amusement and entertainment Sunday, Sunday permits. Um, move the, the board approve the annual license renewals for liquor license amusement entertainment Sunday entertainment contingent upon payment of any outstanding taxes or fees owed to the town of Canton. Second. Motion has been made and seconded. Any discussion, comments, or concerns? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? 5-0. Mr. Theodore. Move that the board approve the PAF for the executive assistant. Second. Motion has been made and seconded. Any comments, concerns, questions? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? 5-0. Mr. Theodore. Uh, next is a vote to approve Megan Sullivan as the conservation board secretary. Second. Motion has been made and second for Ms. Sullivan. Any discussion, comments, concerns? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, 5 0. Mr. Theodore. Uh, well, let me just go look for it. Yeah. I'm going to do this all together. I move that the board appoint uh, Eamon Kelly as the Parks and Recreation Seasonal Help. Second. Motion, oops, sorry. Aye. Motion has been made and second. Any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, 5 0. The rest of these, I'm going to go slow for it. Well, these are all donations, so um, I'm, can, can I just uh, I move that the board accept and authorize the use of gift that accords with the terms on the National Laws 4453A, the donation, for all these donations. Can I just do them, list out like that, or do I have to do each one? I do each one because people, people donated, you know, if you would. I'm sorry. But do I have to go, can I just go through the donations instead of going through all this again? Or like the first one's a donation of 5,400 of the fire department from the Canton Association of Business and Industries? Yeah. We have to vote on each one? Or? Yeah. Second. Motion been made and seconded. Any discussion here now? All those in favor say aye. 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 Five zero. And this is where the question came now. Can I just go under all that, the donation of $6,000 to the police department from Canton Association of Business and Industries? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion here now? All those in favor say aye. 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 Five zero. Thank you, Mr. Theodore. A donation in the amount of one thousand dollars to the police department from the Waterfall Hills. Second. Motion has been made and seconded. Discussion. Hearing none. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Five zero. Mr. Theodore. A the donation of one thousand dollars to the police department from Pulse Systems. Second. Motion has been made and seconded. Discussion. Hearing none. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed. Five zero. Mr. Theodore. A donation of one thousand dollars to the fire department from Pulse Systems. Second. Motion has been made and seconded. Discussion. Hearing none. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed. Five zero. Mr. Theodore. To a donation of fifty. Dollars to the Conservation Land Fund from an anonymous donor. Second. Motion has been made and second. Any questions? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Five zero. Mr. Theodore. The next is the uh, Department of Elder Services donations the amount of $1,000 from Paul and Linda Sloan and $1,000 from Kathleen Siminski. Second. Motion has been made and second. Any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Five zero. Mr. Theodore. Next is the donation of the amount of $7,000 to the police department from the Frank R. and Elizabeth Simone Foundation. Second. Motion has been made and seconded. Any questions, comments? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Five zero. Mr. Theodore. 
Next is the uh, donation of $8,200 to the fire department from the Frank R. and Elizabeth Simone Foundation. Second. Motion to be made. Second. Any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Bowes 5 0. Uh, Just all thank yous uh, sent out, Mr. Uh, Duty. Yes. All those folks, please. Thank you. And the Except the anonymous one. We don't know where to send it. I'll give you my address. Ron will be looking. <laughs> Um, and the last one is a donation in the amount of $3,000 to the Department of Elder and Human Services from the Frank R. and Elizabeth Simone Foundation. Second. Motion to be made and second. Any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? 5-0. Let me just scroll down here for a second. Uh, so we got all that. So the vendor warrant for the week of 12-9 is $716,542.03. Payroll warrant the same week, three two yeah, three hundred thirty-three thousand ninety-six dollars and seventy-nine cents. Vendor warrant total for um, for the week of twelve sixteen is three million four hundred eight thousand four hundred fifty-two dollars and five cents. And the payroll warrant for the same week is one million three hundred ninety-two thousand two hundred twenty dollars and four cents. Um, that's that. Just a couple of announcements here. Um, the um, tra trash and recycling collection schedule, um, the Republic Service will be collecting trash and recycling on the as a regular schedule without any delays throughout the month of December. So there's no effect, uh, effect on that. In the winter hours for the Pine Street transfer stations are now uh, from Saturday 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. And starting Wednesday, December 14th, uh, to 2022 to Saturday, oh, that's from, yeah, from December 14th to April 1st, 2023. Again, that's um, Wednesday through Saturday from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. And those, 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 those are on the website, right? Great. Um, the next select board meeting will be held on Tuesday, January 10th, 2022 at 5.30. Great. So meeting room. 23. And um, just 23. 20, 20, 20, 20, 22. Oh, did I? 22. I'm sorry. That's good. Yeah. And um, that's that. And then just on some announcements for the other committee. The traffic committee met last night, and Lisa was concerned about this. Is um, what they've done is um, most of the complaints that we'll be getting have been speeding violations and all. So the, uh, the town, we've kind of upped. Um, Enforcement. So, as of this time, um, there's been a total of 1,976 citations. Stops. Well, citations. well, I have citations here. No, it was, it was like 1,100 citations, but over 1,900 wow. stops, zero complaints. That's okay. Zero. Okay, I did. I, he has citations. Okay, so like I said, again, there was um. The list of them are pretty much like Randolph Street, York Street, Pecuna Street. So uh, go down the list here, but the big ones are like Spring Lane, Washington Street, Bolivar Street, Pleasant Street. So people that are concerned about that, they're really uh, amping up the um, enforcement there. And again, like I say, we've oh yeah, well over 2,000 motor vehicle stops and no complaints whatsoever. So it's working out well. And, uh, and that represents a big increase as to what we've seen historically. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, great. The, the that's mobile, great. Uh, traffic enforcement 
the yeah, they're all over the place. The, yeah, which so, is great. That's fantastic. Yeah, they fly really, all so the time. Oh, these, they they definitely yeah. the police are, but these <clears throat> complaints that they're getting are these. Yeah, they're definitely acting on them. So wonderful, which is good. Um, one other thing we talked about at the meeting is some uh, stop signs, and then one other thing I like to um, and then put on the uh, agenda for a, a future meeting is uh, the traffic lights up on York Street. We talked about that in. At Randolph and York? Randolph and York because of the increase of traffic that's coming in out of there. So, But we'll have all the figures for that on the, one of the next meetings. Orchard Cove. Well, that's, a, that's a state road. That's, yeah, but the, what... Do you want me to take it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to know. I, there's a request. Wait a second, though. But there's been a request to make it a right-hand turn coming out of Orchard Cove. Only? Le only. Leaving Orchard Cove. Leaving right Orchard Cove. Only. But we still have to go through the state. So it would be a sign on their property um, suggesting that they take a right right hand turn. So um, I'm going to take it because okay, go ahead. I'm doing a great job with this. <laughs> no, go ahead. I want to hear so, what you have to say. Um, <laughs> police chief uh, meets with residents in Orchard Cove on a monthly basis. They have been asking for this. Of course, they want a traffic light, uh, but it's state road, so we can't do it. Um, so their uh, concession would be if we did a right turn only so that we're encouraging residents to take a right. Um, we have the police department here. We said, you know, are you guys going to enforce those that take a left, you know, delivery drivers and stuff like that? And it would not be heavily enforced. Um, it's really to encourage the residents, maybe the ones that don't feel that they... Um, Comfortable. Yeah. Can, can turn right and then... Uh, police chief is going to suggest that they uh, drive down to Dan Road, turn around in there where they have a light. controlled light mm -hmm. so that they can uh, go the direction that they want. We, uh, the traffic committee uh, voted to I'm gonna keep going. Go ahead, um, make this recommendation uh, that the select board do, do um, endorse this. We decided it would be a pilot program. The police chief would give us feedback if this is causing issues further down the road or if it's not really making an impact. But uh, whereas the sign would be on their property, uh, I didn't see that there'd be a risk. I, I am for it 100%, but I just want to make sure legally we can do that well, because I, it's not our road. It's not, we just have to check ourselves. Like, I just, I just want to make sure we're comfortable because I've seen in the past where the state comes, you can't have that there. They've done it before. So I, I think that makes sense. I think we can ask uh, the town administrator to That's talk all. to town council. I'm far. And I, sure. I think it's smart because um, <clears throat> they fly in 138. Obviously, it's all over town. Yeah. A lot of people are hesitant to take a left, and they shouldn't. If they're nervous, they should just take a right and go down to Dan Road. Yeah. But I don't want, you know, if there's an accident, um, then well, that, was, that was my question too. By by putting a sign up there to it, and again we we'll check with town council. Are we putting ourselves in any kind of that's what I want to make sure. That's, that's where we're telling people how to drive or where not to go. go. Because in really, in essence, there, there really is no direction as to once you take a right, what to do. So that's you know, could, that could just add confusion for the elderly people. You know, they're driving down, they don't know whether they're going Whitman Road. Yeah. So I think. I mean, I'm in favor of the uh, pilot program, but I think but a lot of thought has to be put into this. I just, not to send people up on 138. <clears throat> By the time they get to east and they figure they should have been turning around. Oh, they just take a left, they take a right, then take a left on Whitman Road. Yeah, but you exactly, know? but like, yeah, but, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, <coughs> yeah. excuse me. I just want to make sure we're cutting the town. Yep, that yep. was my concern. Since Dan Road is a town road, do we have the authority to 
do something that would make it easier for there to be a turnaround there? Just the cost, that's all. Right. Yeah, like... But they, I don't was, know how much property that, we own because that, there's office buildings on both sides. Right. You have to go down the John Road and... But that was, that was one of my questions too because usually when you're forced to take a right hand turn or something like that, as you go down the road a little bit, there's a, there's a, a, a little kind of, you, you can fall, it has some direction right. as to what you're supposed to do. So, like you say, like if you want to go down the, you can stay right to turn left. Stay right, yeah, and, true. exactly, and then to, to make it to make a turn, you turn, which put you on to, that would make a little bit more sense, especially for the people that I think they're pulling out there, taking a right, they're just not gonna have any idea what they're supposed to do. But that's it. But I still, like I said, I still support the, the pilot program, but see what happens with this. Great presentation. And the, uh, <laughs> one more thing is. Can we impeach a member of this board? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. How about two? Oh, two members. Yeah. Two members of the well, board. I appreciate all the history lessons tonight that you gave. Pardon me? All the history lessons tonight that you. All right, let's, let's keep right. wrapping up here. Well, I know you're getting older now. Tom celebrated his, his golden 65th oh. birthday. Congratulations. Birthday. <coughs> Thank you. Birthday? 15th. Thank you very much. Thank you. Don't turn red now. I'm not turning red. That's my tie. <laughs> um, other than that, I just I move that we adjourn. Second. Right, is there any other? Anyone else want to say anything? No. Happy holidays to all. Be safe. Happy Be Christmas, careful. everybody, and happy, happy. Hanukkah. Well, that was a nice time last night, huh? It was West. Yeah, it was very nice. Menorah lighting across too. Very nice. Okay, and that's it. So, no other questions, comments, concerns? I'll look for a motion to adjourn at 717. Second. Motion was made and seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, 5-0. Thank you and have a great holiday and happy new year. Aye.